suffering people who have nowhere else to turn. Together, we are going to some of the world's most desperate places and bringing a wave of hope and healing to those who need it most. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> to learn more about this wave of hope, go to mercyships.org today. Listen to Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodon's men's basketball right here. Showtime, baby! All season long as they try to rumble to the top of the Horizon League. Conchart slams it home! Mastodon's basketball. His three-pointer on the way. The Mastodons head to the Arizona tip-off in Phoenix to take on Northern Arizona this Friday with a 4-15 pregame. Mastodon's Basketball, exclusively on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Live from the Hoopy Insurance Services Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, The Fan, Fort Wayne, Indiana. a presentation of high school sports on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. The Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show. Learn more about the Hoopy Fieldhouse. Now available to schedule practice times for your league or team at hoopyfieldhouse.com. Now here's your host, Justin Kenny. One game away, one win away. From an appearance in the state championship game, that's where we find four area teams heading into Friday night semi-state here in Northeast Indiana. All four, coincidentally, playing at home. Welcome into the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. I'm Justin Kenny, talking semi-state football tonight. And the games, we'll preview each of them here in just a couple seconds with our buddy Sam Frick from OutsideTheHuddle.net. It's a full show. We got Sam Frick off the jump. Then we'll talk to Kyle Lindsay, head football coach of the Bishop Lures Knights. His team preparing for a home showdown with Lafayette Central Catholic tomorrow. Bottom of the hour, Kurt Tipman, Snyder Panthers will join us. We'll talk about that win last week. The heroics at the end of the game, not just with Mang Tung making that 45-yard field goal, but the ability of Kieran Billingsley to lead the offense down the field in the clutch to get into field goal range. And we'll also discuss the matchup for the Panthers coming up at home against Merrillville tomorrow. We'll wrap it up at 645. Head coach Jason Dorfler of the Leo Lions as his team will take on Northwood also at home tomorrow, 7 o'clock kickoff there. So a full show. Here, thank you for joining us between now and seven o'clock talking semi-state football. Let's jump right into it with our buddy Sam Frick from outside the huddle.net. Evening, Sam. Hey Justin, how are we doing? We're doing well, buddy. And I think when you look at this field of four, Sam, I think there's one team that we said, yeah, we 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 knew uh with a reasonable amount of uh of of confidence that Adam Center was gonna be here. Other three, maybe, maybe not, but What's your take in terms of the field of four we have left and anything surprise you out of those four? Oh, man, just a lot of tremendous uh, matchups here that we're going to have here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I guess with Bishop Lures, when we when the season started, I think we all were not sure how good Lures was going to be because I think we were questioning just if, whether Bishop Lures was going to be able to compete in the SAC for them to come away not only as a co-SAC championship, but also being able to be one win away from getting to Lucas Oil Stadium, it is a huge accomplishment for Kyle Lindsay and his and his program. Yeah, it's been phenomenal 
for Bishop Lewers to make this run. But let's jump right into it, Sam, and let's start with Class 1A. Let's start with Adams Central. They get North Judson, a team that's lost multiple times this season, coming in, and Adams Central's been able to roll through the 1A playoffs thus far. Is there an opportunity here for the Blue Jays, a team that runs for close to 300 yards per game on the ground, or is this? are we looking at another Flying Jets route coming up tomorrow night in Monroe? I mean, anytime you play at this point in, in, the, in the football playoffs, there's always a chance. I, with North Judson, if they can get a couple bounces early and force some turnovers, Adam Central gets off to a slow start. Maybe North Judson can can make this a game early. They got some guys that can run the football, and they're as Coach Moser told me they are better than last year for sure. But I think from a skills position, from a front line standpoint, Adam Central is clearly the superior team. And with Lutheran escaping. Last week's win over Providence, they will be heavily favored as well against Sheridan. So, barring some tremendous collapse, we should see a third straight um, matchup between Lutheran and AC. How tough is it, Sam, when you look at opponents for Adam Central and their strength being the running game, and you're just like, well, that's that's not going to fly against Adam Central. You need a true balanced offense to have a shot. And unfortunately for North Judson, they're very run heavy. Yeah, and I think an even bigger challenge you know, trying to sustain drives and get good field position against this Adam Central team that's physical and that gets to the quarterback. And you make mistakes and you don't get you don't get enough sustainable drives. AC can can put this game out of reach in a hurry. Just look what happened against Madison Grant in regionals. MG scored 14 points in the first quarter, and once AC got going, they scored 49 in a row, and and that was all she wrote. Adam Central, as Sam mentioned, trying to get to the third consecutive. Well, class 1A state championship game. If they are winners tomorrow night, they will kick off the weekend next weekend with the class 1A state championship game on Friday. Kickoff for that scheduled for 11 a.m. on Friday, November 24th down at Lucas Oil Stadium. Sam, in class 2A, we mentioned Bishop Lures and amazing that two of the most storied private programs and, and any program in the in the state of Indiana First time they will match up Lafayette Central Catholic and Bishop Lures tomorrow night out at Lures Field. And looking at this game and what it's going to take for Bishop Lures to emerge with a victory. LCC is as different as it comes in terms of the rest of the teams that Bishop Lures has played in the playoffs. And this seems to be on paper at least their biggest challenge of the postseason. No question. And it, you, you kind of stole my thunder there because Lewis has played a lot of teams that are pound the football throughout the entire postseason. And Lafayette Central Catholic is anything but pound the football. They are definitely a team that throws the football. Dating all the way back to the days of Ryan O'Shea's uh, dad, Kevin O'Shea, being the head coach there when they were winning state championship after state championship. Bobby Metzger, he's another gunslinger right in Purdue country, 2,700 yards, 33 touchdowns. Um, but Lindsay also mentioned about their front line being very physical as well as Nick Page and Bryn Robbins and Ryan Delgado and Albert Schwartz. They have 20 sacks just from the top two leaders in sacks alone. So Central Catholic definitely has athletes beyond just a quarterback. The big thing with Bishop Lures is that their task coverage is going to have to be tremendous. And I think we're going to need to see a good performance from quarterback Cole McKenzie. I think he's been fine, but I think he's going to have to really elevate his game in the semi-state if they want to have a chance to play for their first state championship since 2020. You you brought up, I think, the biggest question and, and the biggest thing for Bishop Lewers is Cohen McKenzie, the ability for Bishop Lewers to be a threat vertically. And we saw it at times this season 
where Cohen McKenzie was successful. Saw it in the Dwanger games with some big throws, but he missed some throws last week, some wide-open receivers. You look at the margin for error for Bishop Lewers. It's as small as it has been the entire playoff run heading into tomorrow. So you you really kind of zeroed in on, on what I think will be the biggest thing for Lewers is being able to throw the football. But conversely, with that Lafayette Central Catholic offense that you mentioned, who is it going to take? We saw Damian Jackson uh, be able to get so much pressure last week off the edge. Wes Javens has been good. But in terms of defense, what's Bishop Lewis need to do to slow down LCC? Yeah, you're just going to have to just come down to tackling, just taking care of the little things, just, just you know, getting off to a good start from an energy standpoint, making good plays, getting Metzger off his game early, a pick here and a pick there, maybe a get force a fumble would could, could kind of – Snowball things a little bit for Lafayette Central Catholic, but this night's team, you know, they started season one and three. They're they they've used to find ways to overcome adversity as well. So this LCC team will be prepared from an energy standpoint. Sam Frick outside the huddle.net joining us here on the high school coaches show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. And Sam, we got three blue bloods playing in semi-state from the area: Snyder, Bishop Lewers, Adam Central. The one outlier, Leo, who is in the semi-state for the first time since 2011. It will take on Northwood tomorrow night. Division one talent all over the field. You can talk Nitro Tuggle. You can talk JoJo Edmond. You can talk Caden Hurst. You can talk about Brock Shot. A lot of individual talent on the field tomorrow. But does this game come down to those star players or maybe the supporting cast for both teams? I think it's both. Because I think with Leo, the challenge is going to be, I think everyone knows the challenge with Northwood's going to be being able to contain the passing game, not just with Nitro Tuggle, but also the receivers around them. Northwood's got big-time recruits everywhere across the board. Owen Roeder's a big-time gunslinger quarterback for Northwood, and we know Northwood typically is known for counting the football. This year they're known for throwing it, but they still have that physical presence that Northwood's known best. And I think for Leo, kind of like what we talked about last week in Mrs. Senawa, they got to be able to establish a strong presence up front and be able to force Rotor to make those tough plays in the passing game because if they can force Northwood to make those uncharacteristic mistakes and make things harder for Nitro Tuggle to get those, get those, make those catches, I think it gives Leo a higher chance for a successful game. But this is going to be a very difficult matchup for both teams. Sam, when you look at teams that have had success against Northwood, one of them being Warsaw, and we know how Coach, Coach Bart Curtis plays it in terms of, of commanding the line of scrimmage, running the football, limiting possessions, is that the game that Leo should play tomorrow night? And we'll talk to, to Coach Jason Dorfler later on in the show, but we're talking so much about uh, strength on strength and, and high-flying athletes. Will Leo try to play the keep-away game from Northwood tomorrow? Oh, that's a good question because – you know, on one hand, you look at Mishawaka, and that game with Northwood, that was a shootout, if you recall, and that went to overtime, and it was like 44, 45, something like that. So uh, on one hand, yeah, I think you want to make sure you're, you're playing the field to your strengths. But at the same time, I think you also have to be able to find a balance to be able to strike when the iron's hot. You know what I mean? And I think Leo's shown them a, a balance to be able to take advantage of their drives, but also being able to dominate the line of scrimmage and be able to control the clock. And I think for Leo, they're going to have to make sure – they take care of the football and just make and just be able to continue to just be aggressive, but also being responsible to football. You know, be able to find Darius Carter in the backfield, utilizing shot and first in the passing game. Even Zyslov has had a couple plays um, in that passing game as well. So I think it's going to be a little bit of everything for Leo because this Northwood team can give you a lot of different um, matchups that can give Leo some trouble here. But it comes down to those little margins, as you mentioned. 
Looking at it, Sam in Class 5A. Merrillville comes to Spoiler Stadium to take on the Snyder Panthers. It is the sixth-ranked team in Class 5A against the second-ranked team in 5A. 7.30 kickoff. And still the buzz around Snyder is how they were able to win that game last week at Mishawaka with Meng Tung with the 45-yard field goal at the buzzer to win the game. And you see, you see what the, the Merrillville has been able to do and average over 30 a game and the, the, the challenges that they present. But how do you see this one breaking down for the Panthers? Yeah, it's a good question because Snyder made some mistakes against Mishawaka, if you recall. You know, they, they, didn't, they weren't quite the, 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 the authentic, you know, classic Snyder Panthers, you know, in terms of running the football. Mishawaka contained the run extremely well. They really had to go to Crom Billingsley quite a bit late in the game to set themselves up for that 45-yard field goal. And if you remember, Mitchell Walker kicked a 33-yard field goal about 30 or 40 seconds earlier to set up that last play for Snyder. And I think the big thing for Snyder is they're going to have to limit the big plays. You know, Mitchell Walker had a big pass in, during that second half that allowed the Cavemen to get back in that game. And while Mitchell Walker is not known for throwing the football, on that play they took advantage of a, of a, of a play-action situation where Snyder just was not able to get to, the, to their to that wide receiver there. And Maryville's a team that will throw the football a lot. You look at um, Dante, not Dave Pope, excuse me. You know, he was only 2 of 7 passing in the first half against Valpo. He was 8 of 10 in the second half for 115 yards. That's the type of offense that Maryville is. They're very athletic. They're kind of like Central Catholic at times, but with more athletes to choose from. they got weapons everywhere. This Pirates team can score a lot of points in a hurry. In a hurry excuse me. But I think up front can be also be a big challenge because of Trey Stevens. Um, I, I want to make sure I noted this here. The last play of the game, Trey Stevens did, made a big play to basically broke up a pass and deny a game-winning touchdown for Valpo when they were in the red zone in the last play of the game to preserve the win. So there's going to be a couple of big key matches, both on offense and defense, that Snyder's going to have to do a, a really good job to win this game. But ultimately, it's going to come down to turnovers. Sam, when we look at it overall, four area teams left. You can make a case for every single one of them to find a way to win tomorrow night and advance to Indianapolis next weekend. In your mind, who makes it to state? You're putting on the spot, aren't you? <laughs> I think AC is almost for surely a shoe-in to get in. No offense to North Judson. I just think they're going to have to really play their best game of the season, and AC is going to have to play uncharacteristic football for that to happen. Um, I think Snyder definitely has a chance, but I think this is definitely a coin toss, and I think this could go either way for me. The same thing can go for Leo and Northwood. So I think those are both coin toss games. I think the one that could be the toughest would be Bishop Lures and Lafayette Central Catholic. Lures have made some mistakes um, throughout the season that, you know, if they don't play their best, if they don't play their sharpest, cleanest brand of football against Central Catholic, it's just too talented a football team to give them extra extra drives and possessions in their in the in the offensive end. Good stuff as always. Sam, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, buddy. We'll see what happens tomorrow night. Yep. They're halfway there. Thank you. That was Sam Frick of Outside the Huddle.net joining us here on the high school coaches show, kicking it off this evening. Plenty to get to when we come back. We have Kyle Lindsay, head coach of Bishop Lewers after the break. Also Kurt Tipman Jason Dorfler later on in the show as well. Talking semi-state football here, Thursday night, high school coaches show here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM.
Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Services' loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse, a great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse house is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Fieldhouse. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain-reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Menards 11% sale ends Thanksgiving Day. Freshen up your home with a paint that's washable, scrubbable, and stain resistant. Dutch Boy Forever Interior Paint and Primer in One features Arm & Hammer odor eliminating technology. Don't wait and pick up a gallon of flat for $29.98 after 11% rebate now at Menards. Stores closed Thanksgiving, but 11% off remains in effect on Menards.com. Savings are mail-in rebates. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Welcome back to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Happy Thursday evening, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Justin Kenny here till 7 o'clock talking area high school football tomorrow night here on these very same airwaves. The 1380 game of the week will be out at Spoiler Stadium. It will be... The Maryville Pirates taking on the Snyder Panthers. It'll be myself and Shannon Griffith on the call. Filling in for Brett Rump, who's on the road with the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodon. So tune in. 7.30 will be the kickoff out at Spooler Stadium. Half hour later than usual to allow the Pirates and their fans to get up here and take in the game. It'll be another 7.30 kickoff out at Lewersfield tomorrow night between Lafayette Central Catholic and Bishop Lewers, head coach of the Knights, Coach Kyle Lindsay joining us right now. Evening, Coach. Hey, Justin. How you doing? Uh, we're doing well, buddy. And and you're, we're talking football here in mid-November, so things are going pretty well on your end, too. Yeah, absolutely. So take us through last week, Coach, in terms of taking on Bluffton. And it was a it was a physical game. It was a low-scoring game. Sometimes it was an ugly game. But being able to persevere, and particularly that defense, not allowing a point until the fourth quarter, and really being able to stymie that Bluffton offensive attack all night long. Uh, yeah, that was uh, you know that was a 
old-fashioned playoff football game. Um, wasn't pretty. We talked about it at halftime. I don't think there was any doubt um, coming in at half and then heading out at half that uh, our kids were, were ready to uh, extend the lead and to win a championship game. Um, you know, that 3 nothing. Uh, we had a couple opportunities. Um, that's kind of been the, the I don't know, the uh, identity, uh, unfortunately, for this uh, offense. Uh, you know, squandering opportunities down the red zone. Uh, we missed out on, heck, probably 20, 20 or so points last week. Um, but our defense, uh, you know, when you play defense like that and uh, force teams um, into doing things that they don't feel comfortable doing, um, you know, good things are going to happen. Um, and I'm just proud of our kids' effort, um, our ability to, to shake off uh, any uh, ugliness um, in special teams or offensive side of the ball last week. Uh, I don't think there was any doubt that uh, we were going to get stops when we need to. Um, I think they, we held them to negative nine rushing yards on 12 attempts. Uh, now, granted, probably most of those were sacks, but... Um, again, they were, uh, they've run the ball down people's throats, uh, all year. And, um, we made them really uncomfortable. Uh, and as soon as we got that nine, nothing lead, uh, they started putting the ball in the air a little bit more. Uh, that's when I was, uh, I think we were all on the sidelines. were very confident that we we're going to win that game. Coach, when you look at the identity of your team and you say, well, we just kind of win ugly. How, when do you reach at the, some point of the season where you're like, we need to clean this stuff up off offensively till just going, you know what? We're just going to embrace it. And this is the team we got, and we're just going to roll with it and, 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 and do that because I think this offense has done just enough for you. Credit to them making plays when they needed to, but, but definitely the defense has kind of led the way. Yeah, defense is the, the story of this team, um, and there's, <laughs> there's no shame in that. Um, you know, with the exception of, I think, three playoff games, we played pretty turnover-free turnover football this season. Um, just so happens, and uh, three of the last four, um, games we we put the ball on the ground. Um, you know we've limited. Really, we've cut down on penalties. Uh, with there's one uh, aberration uh, to that. Um, you know against East Side we we had I think seven holding penalties, and I think combined on the year we've had just about seven pen penalties holding. Um, you know yeah we went ugly. Uh, I don't think anybody in this locker room cares how we win. I don't think anybody in our community cares how we win. Uh, this team knows how to win. Um, they play physical football. I have not seen a more physical football team um, on film that we've played um, or in person um, so far this year, and I hope that continues. Uh, the LCC is a very physical football program, uh, very physical football um, defensive side of the ball in particular. Um, they can chuck it around. They present a lot of obstacles to our defense that we just haven't seen this year. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm excited for the next challenge uh, for these kids. Speaking of challenges, Coach, you guys opened up the season against East Noble and New Haven, and they were lopsided games both, 0-2. How much looking back did that uh, affect this team in terms of on the field, mentality, all that? Looking back, and do you look at those two games and go, yes, those absolutely benefited us to start the season? Uh, definitely. Um, you know, I don't think the, the New Haven score didn't really reflect, uh, you know, how hard our kids played. Um, and you know, that was really, um, that was still a sign of offensive struggles early in the year. Um, converting, getting, moving the chains, getting first downs was really a struggle the first, uh, two or so weeks. And, uh, you know, we did, we, we played hard defensively, 
um, against East Noble. Um, and then the more they just wore us down that second half. Um, I don't, I'm not sure how many first downs we picked up, but uh, our offense didn't do anything to help our defense out uh, early in the season, in particular. Uh, you know, when your defense is living on the field for, I don't know, we I think we had 70 or so defensive snaps that night versus uh, about 30 on offense. Uh, you know, even the the best defenses are going to crumble a bit. And uh, I think the the main thing that we took away from week one. Uh, was that hey you know our your kid's style of uh, of football right now uh, isn't going to cut it. Uh, there's a lot of walking around. Um, kids look like they were out of shape. They look like they were like they were defeated. Um, when in fact you know it's 17 to seven at halftime, and uh, our defense played a really good first half. Um, but uh, so I, in all honesty, that week one um, blowout on the road there that was super beneficial. Uh, to us, to our kids, uh, we took a long, hard look in the mirror. The scoreboard didn't show it a week later against New Haven, but we played much better, um, a much harder, um, and then we just kind of got better week in and week out. Um, so that's been, um, you know, definitely uh, not a not where you want to be on the scoreboard early in the year. Uh, hard to build confidence, uh, but these uh, credit to the senior class and those kids in this locker room. Um, you know, they just kept plugging away. They found ways to get better. Uh, they took coaching. They took hard coaching, um, and they, they just improved each week. Speaking of a team that, that learned from the early part of the season, Lafayette Central Catholic, they were at 1.1-3 one on the season and playing up with some teams like Garen Catholic, Hamilton Heights, and West Lafayette. Haven't lost since September, and LCC now heads to Lures Field tomorrow night. Coach, when you look at what the Lafayette Central Catholic Knights are going to bring in, tomorrow evening what do you see uh see a physical football program uh i see a team playing with a lot of confidence um a team that's got a, a very good defense they rally to the ball um their defensive line uh kind of reminds uh reminds me of our defensive line um they're long they're disruptive uh they play a three four uh with linebackers that get to the ball um that are physical and finish um, then on the back end, they, they communicate well and uh, they tackle well in open space. So, uh, you know, our offense, again, is going to have its work cut out for them. Um, you know, we've just been preaching, hey, we're, this team's, we're, we're ready. We're right there on the, on, the, on the brink of turning this corner and being an explosive offense. Um, it's getting a little old saying it week in and week out, but the, the film doesn't lie. I mean, we are so close um, for explosive plays uh, and really putting some, some points on the They bring um, a passing in that we just haven't seen this year. Uh, you know, they, their offensive line is big. They pass pro well. Um, they got some some running backs. They like to run between the tackles, get downhill. They're they're physical uh, runners, and then their quarterback is just really he's really nimble. He's got a heck of an arm. Uh, he's a good athlete, but he he understands pocket presence and he's got some agility. So he uh, he's very good at buying time, and his receivers are doing a, a heck of a job with him at. Um, moving around the field with them. Uh, they, th- they throw some um, more complex route concepts um, than we've seen all year. Uh, a lot of screens. They, they make your defense defend sideline to sideline, and, you know, you gotta you got to be honest and you got to stop the run uh, this time of year. But they also can throw the ball over the top. So uh, we got a work cut out for us for certain. 
You look at uh, the attack that LCC will bring, and Bobby Metzger, you mentioned him and being able to get the ball downfield. You have a relatively young secondary. It's a talented secondary. You have Isaac Zay back there. The safeties will play a safety spot, but how important is it going to be for guys like Damian Surrey and Mikhail Woodson, a couple sophomores, to play the best game that they have all year? Uh, very important. I mean, you know, defense, uh, you know, you have one breakdown on defense, and uh, that could be a difference in a ball game. It could be a difference. Um, and getting a stop um, and giving up a big play. Um, so the challenge is always there every snap. Um, you know, I like to think that a, a strong pass rush um, and being disruptive up front um, can really help a secondary out. Um, and, you know, I, I like the, the talent. I like the uh, abilities that we have on the back end with these, these sophomores and juniors. Um, but, I, you know, above all else, I like our – our guys in the box that uh, love, they're, they're waiting to, uh, to have an opportunity. They've been waiting for a while to have an opportunity to, to really sit back and dial in on a pass rush. Um, they got a little bit what they wanted last week. Um, you know, that second half against Bluffton, uh, they got to pin their ears back, and I think we racked up four or five sacks in that second half uh, when they had to throw the ball. But uh, this is a whole different beast, uh, LCC, and they, they protect their quarterback well, and he buys time, and they – it's spring game, so uh, we got a work cut up for us, but I'm, I'm confident our back end, those youngsters, uh, will make plays and uh, we'll communicate as they've done all year. Coach, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you about uh, one of your players. We, we talk so much about Isaac Zay and Mickey Daring, and for good reason. I wanted to ask you about Tristan Wilcox. I mean, just an affable dude. He always seems to have a smile on his face off the field. You can't miss him on the field and on the sidelines. He's just uh, he's tremendous to see out there. Biggest kid out there hustles and and just a, a great kid and it just it, i'm always smiling anytime i see tristan out there he just always seems like he's having fun just seems like a great kid oh sure he's probably the uh the favorite in the locker room and i i know this for the last four years he's been a fan favorite <laughs> uh, since he was on the sidelines as a freshman he was around every single huddle offense or defense he's always clapping always trying to rally the troops um and this has been kind of his mo you know since he's been here um he enjoys making people laugh. Um, yeah, he's just a type of type of kid you want to be around, and uh, I'm happy to see him on the field uh, for an entire year and um, watch them ball out. It's, it's been fun. Definitely, Coach. I appreciate the time, buddy. I know you got a lot to do, but thanks a lot, and good luck tomorrow night, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, Justin. Absolutely. Take care. Take care. That was Coach Kyle Lindsay of the Bishop Lures Knights. Joining us, his team will take on Lafayette Central Catholic tomorrow night. First matchup ever between two of the more storied programs in the entire state. Bishop Lures having the record 11 state championships um, in, under its belt. Lafayette Central Catholic having eight of them in its history so combined 19 state championships between the two teams facing off tomorrow night at lures field 7 30 kickoff after the break we'll talk to coach kirk tipman snyder panthers after this also jason dorfler leo lyons coming up a little bit later semi-state edition of the high school coaches show here on 1380 the fan 100.9 fm Many of you are aware of hoopy insurance services loyalty to Listen to Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodon's men's basketball right here. Showtime, baby! All season long as they try to rumble to the top of the Horizon League. Conchar, slams it home! 
Mastodon's basketball. His three-pointer on the way. The Macedons head to the Arizona tip-off in Phoenix to take on Northern Arizona this Friday with a 4-15 pregame. Mastodon's basketball, exclusively on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. If you're looking for 160 days of electric live racing thrills that can only be delivered by one of Indiana's most renowned harness racing tracks, then look no further than Harris Hoosier Park. Our 30th championship season is running now through December 9th. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for full details. Must be 18 or older to wager on horse racing at racetracks and 21 or older to gamble at sportsbooks and casinos. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Many of you are aware of Hoopy Insurance Service's loyalty and support for local sports and youth leagues. But did you realize the Hoopy commitment to sports includes a turfed indoor practice facility? Tucked away off Stellhorn Road between Maplecrest and Lehmeyer is the Hoopy Fieldhouse. A great facility for indoor practices when Mother Nature is having a bad day. With 6,500 square feet of artificial surface, it's perfect for baseball, softball, soccer, and football. For a team, a league, or even a small group, the Hoopy Fieldhouse is available at just $50 an hour. Pitching, fielding, hitting, and it's the ideal spot when you can't take a chance on the weather, like tryouts or pregame prep. Youth football, little leagues, youth soccer. The Hoopy Fieldhouse can be your indoor practice home. Join now at just $50 an hour and get your times booked before it's too late. The Hoopy Fieldhouse, owned and managed by Hoopy Insurance Services. Get info and book times at hoopyfieldhouse.com. That's Hoopy, H-U-P-E, Field Fieldhouse.com. This is the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the High School Coaches Show. I'm Justin Kenny. Coming up tonight here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, Thursday night football pregame show starting at 730. It'll be the Bengals and Ravens tonight. And after... A poor week last week of, of primetime games. You have Bengals and Ravens tonight. Sunday night, you have Vikings-Broncos, which all of a sudden becomes an interesting game with how the Broncos have been playing. And then the big one coming up on Monday night with the Chiefs and the Eagles. And you'll be able to hear all three of those games here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. But tomorrow night, it's high school football here on these very airwaves. The game of the week. For 1380, the fan, 100.9 FM. It'll be Merrillville and Snyder and head coach of the Snyder Panthers. Coach Kurt Tipman joins us right now. Evening, coach. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Anytime, coach. And, and wow, I mean, after last week, uh, I, I know outside the program, people are still buzzing about it. But take us through uh, the, the final pivotal few few minutes of that game, not only getting the stop to force the, the, the field goal for Mishawaka, but then Kieran Billingsley driving that team down, and of course Mang Tung making the 45-yard field goal. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal amount of execution by your guys in all three facets. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were really our defensive coaches really did a nice job constructing a game plan to combat what is a really hard offense to to defend. I mean, we held them to just add 100 yards rushing, which is unheard of. And, you know, in that situation where they had the ball, they were, they were close enough to field goal range. We knew, you know, we kind of thought they'd run the ball. Um, and so our guys did a really good job being disciplined. And, you know, we got to stop, used a timeout, and only had to use one. Um, 
And then, you know, the field goal, we actually got a hand on the field goal. Um, Will Kelso and Adam Blakey both kind of tipped it, but it still went through. Um, and I think it was 49 seconds left. But we knew, you know, the kickoffs all night, they, they would not kick it deep to us. And so they were squibbing and almost essentially onside kicking it. Um, and so we were getting the, the ball in, in good field position at midfield. So, you know, there was not a lot of panic because we knew we'd get the ball around midfield. We still had um, a timeout left, and we really, our goal was to get it to the 30-yard line. And so the first play, you know, they were in a, a, an alignment with two defensive linemen and nine guys back oh. there in pass defense. And so, you know, we, we hit the down uh, check down to the receiver coming across the middle who got tackled, used the timeout, but then, I mean, showing that front, you know, we, we thought just run the ball. Um, and, uh, you know, the clock would stop in high school on any first down. So we just had to make sure that we ran the ball for first down. But with the way they were aligned, um, I mean, it made sense. They were just telling us to run the ball. But we only needed to get two first downs. And the first run, Q run, you know, makes a guy miss and gains probably 16 or 17 yards. And then on the, the next one, um, again, gained five or six and then was able to spike it to stop the clock with, I think, four seconds left. And our goal was to get it to the 30, and, and he got it to about the 28-and-a-half. And Mung, um, Chase and Mung have kind of shared the field goal duties. Chase is, is kind of more the inside. Um, we get the ball to the 20, 23 um, he's a little bit more accurate in, in, in there. He's an older kid, a little stronger in terms of accuracy. Uh, and Mong is the guy that we need and use if it's a little bit longer than that, 25-yard line, 30-yard line. Uh, and so, it, you know, we knew for that yardage it would be Mong. And, you know, as a sophomore, he just ran out there and did what he'd been practicing doing and, and drilled it. So credit to all those guys, the snapper, Landon Fry, the holder, uh, Trevor Jarvis, and uh, obviously Mung. So great job execution and, and really defensively, offensively, and the kicking game. Coach, when you look at Kieran Billingsley, led you in, in rushing last week, ran 22 times. Are there a lot of design runs for Kieran? Does he have the an, an RPO option? How do you approach that in terms of him? Well, he, he allows us to do a lot of things um, with decisions, you know, call them options. Sometimes they're run-run options. Run, give the ball to this guy or pull it and keep it. Yeah. Sometimes they're run-pass options, and sometimes it's pass and then run op options. So he's able to do that. He's intelligent, does a really good job of analyzing what the look is that, that they're giving him and makes good choices. And then, you know, he's dynamic with the ball in his hand. And, um, you know, he's not a, a big guy in stature. And so it's not something that we want to live in, um, you know, and it hasn't featured that a lot during the season, but just because, you know, no need to take some of those hits. But when it comes to crunch time, you know, he's going to be a guy that does some pretty uh, good things with the ball in his hands, and I think that makes our offense pretty hard to stop. People outside programs, and we love to, 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 to focus on skill and, and what you can do with the ball in your hands or whatever, but it's all cerebral with a position like that. And how important is it? You can have a kid that's all world athletics, but if he doesn't have the intelligence to know when to pull and when to hand off and, and all that, 
it, it's moot. And, and Kieran seems to be zoned in on being able to read defenses and what guys are doing and where they're heading to really make the right decision for you. Well, you're exactly right. It all comes down to decision-making. At the high school level and probably um, beyond, I mean, that, that guy has to make split-second decisions and then have the technique and the, the skill to be able to execute the movement that you're asking them to do. But the decision-making process is paramount. You see a lot of really good athletes that get paralyzed in the decision-making process, and they, they can't make that decision or their, their, their skill level can't keep up with the decision-making or lack thereof. And so what Kieran does a really good job of is making good decisions. And, uh, you know, with an athlete and a guy that does some special things kind of ad-lib, you also got to be willing to give him some room to, to do some things that maybe are unconventional but put the offense in good position. And as coaches, we got to be a little less stringent on some of the rules and allow some flexibility in, in his decision-making process. And what he's done is he's proven that not every decision is perfect, but it, it fits with what we want him to be able to do on offense and, and, again, makes us more dynamic and, I think, harder to defend. Coach Kurt Chippen, Snyder Panthers joining us here. And, Coach, you get Merrillville coming to town tomorrow to take you on at Spoiler Stadium. What have you learned in scouting the Pirates? Well, they're very athletic, um, big. They have size. They have speed. Uh, they have experience. Um, you know, they're young at some positions, but they're very talented across the board. Offensively, they have a senior quarterback, uh, very similar in Kieran in that he, he does some things with his legs. Really, this last part of the season and in the playoffs, he's really hurt defenses with him running the ball. Um, has a very strong arm. I mean, he has a laser and um, is able to throw the ball very well, too. They have very capable receivers, um, very skilled at the receiver position. And then running back-wise, you know, two really talented guys, one that number two is a sophomore, and he's probably their primary guy, but then number 14, who's, who's a senior, a bigger, stronger kid, but he's also their starting Sam linebacker. So he kind of shares time, and they spell him with number two. But he's really probably the guy they want to have back there more, um, but both very talented guys. And then up front, they're just big, just big, hulking uh, offensive linemen that, you know, drive guys off the ball and uh, open holes for those guys. So they're, they're, you know, they spread you out, but they'll also pack it in and, um, you know, bring a tight end and two backs in and, you know, kind of old school football and kind of mash it at you, but then have the explosiveness. Anybody that touches the ball has the ability to score anytime they touch it. And that's dangerous. And it's a lot like some SAC teams. You have that, that uh, dilemma, you know, prominently in every game that's, Anytime these guys touch the ball, they have a chance to take it to the house. Maryville certainly presents that problem. And then defensively, they're very active. I mean, they are flying around fast, physical, um, violent, you know, explosive. Like I said, 14 is their best defensive player in our mind that flies around and just, he just wrecks offense. He just blows stuff up. And he's good in coverage. He's good on blitz. He's good at tackling. Um, and, you know, a big inside, their two down guys are really big, 280, 300-pound guys. And then their edge guys are speed guys, fast guys, come flying off the edge and disrupt the offense. And then secondarily, 
they're they're really talented in the secondary. Um, very fast, very, you know, they kind of stick on you like glue. So they just don't give you a lot of room to breathe. You know, they're kind of all over the place on you. And so, and then they have a solid kicking game. They have a kicker that's, you know, kicked five or six field goals. I think as long as in the 50s. So, so a kid with a strong leg. Uh, they're just well-rounded, you know, very talented, very accomplished team in all three facets. And coach, when you get to this level with with the experience you you've had over the years, just how much does it come to, down to executing what you guys do and minimizing mistakes? I think that's the whole deal, minimizing mistakes. In all of our years playing in this game, you know, the team that makes the fewest mistakes is going to advance. Um, you know, and certainly there's some levels of execution that have a lot to do with that. Um, and the two, you know, the more the two teams are equally matched, the more those turnovers and those mistakes are accentuated. Uh, but that's certainly the case with our matchup with them. Uh, the team that makes the fewest mistakes is going gonna, is gonna to advance. Now, I think that's the experience that we have with that. You know, that's kind of our plan during the entire year, building for this moment and addressing the fact that, you know, when you get to this high-pressure kind of situation, you always revert back to your lowest level of performance execution. And so our performance level of execution so that, you know, when you revert back to that in the highest intensity competition scenario that it's of higher quality than your opponent and that's certainly what we're going to get measured on tomorrow night and that'll be you know ultimately the reason we win or lose always good stuff coach i appreciate the time thanks a lot good luck tomorrow night 7 30 kickoff out at spoiler thank you and good luck to the other area teams um you know how about adam central what a run they've had and what a great job they do what a, a great program and for the third year in a row going to try to play for a state championship and then you know lures perennial power and then leo um, good luck to all those guys yeah most definitely coach i appreciate it thanks a lot thanks that was coach kurt tippen snyder panthers joining us here on the high school coaches show going to step out come back jason dorfler head coach of the leo lions we'll talk about leo's first trip to semi-state since 2011 and preparing for the northwood panthers tomorrow night after the break here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Need quick cash? Look no further than Premier Auto Pawn for financial relief. At Premier Auto Pawn, they understand that life can throw you curveballs. Whether it's medical bills, legal needs, or paying off that sports bet. Turn your car, truck, motorcycle, mower, ATV, trailer, or boat into cash within minutes. The process is simple, transparent, and designed to get you the money you need quick. Don't let financial stress wear you down. Visit Premier Auto Pawn today, 918 South Anthony Boulevard. Visit PremierAutoPawn.com. Turn your vehicle into quick cash and regain control of your financial future with Premier Auto Pawn. I can't think of any way to improve upon the service that I receive. Gibson's Heating and Plumbing is your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer that is ranked number one out of nearly 300 dealers nationwide in customer satisfaction. Here's what Gibson's customers are saying. The office is always courteous. Gibson's service tech is exceptional in his attitude and performance and is friendly and efficient as he follows up and explains what he's done that day and what needs to be done if there's going to be a follow-up. Kudos to Gibson's for their outstanding service. Your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Gibson'sHeating.com when it comes to making plans you are the best what about those round trips that you plan in advance which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing 
your daughter's first birthday party. You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals, because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. You are listening to the Hoopy Fieldhouse High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody, to the semi-state edition of the High School Coaches Show presented by Hoopy Fieldhouse. Tomorrow night, a four-pack four of games around the area, all at home, four teams all battling to get to the state championship game over Thanksgiving weekend. One of those will be up at Leo as the Leo Lions will take on Northwood, head coach of the Lions, Coach Jason Dorfler. Evening, Coach. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Coach. I wouldn't be surprised if you already have tailgaters out in the parking lot uh, <laughs> up at Leo with the uh, excitement around uh, the program right now. Took care of business on the road at Mississippi last week. When you head into a game against an undefeated opponent and just coming off a really big win over Kokomo, uh, the approach to that and going on the road, uh, was it was it very businesslike? I mean, how did you approach it coming off the emotions of winning a sectional to get the guys refocused and going on the road against an undefeated team and handling them the way you did? Yeah, I mean, uh, early in that game, there, there were some breaks that kind of went our way. Um, obviously, Mississippi had a great season. They're still a very good team. Uh, but we were able to kind of pounce on them early. And, um, you know, we, we made some big plays. We capitalized on some, uh, some bad punting on their behalf and had some short fields and played some really good defense. And then um, we were able to uh, kind of put uh, the nail on the coffin with the kickoff return to start the second half. So um, things went very well. And uh, just, you know, our, guy, our guys got off the bus and, and um, played with some confidence, which was, was good to see because, um, you know, we, we hadn't been to that level of the tournament in a while, and uh, you're playing an undefeated opponent. But, uh, you know, they acted like they belonged and played very well. You mentioned uh, that kick return by Darius Carter. and I guess tell me about him because he wasn't a, a major contributor for you in the backfield early in the season. You had Brett Fuller go out and, and Darius Carter emerges. Just a kid that 
just seemed to me like a, a continued to work. And when he had the opportunity, he's made the most of it. Absolutely. He's had an unbelievable second half of the season here. And, um, you know, he's, he had battled some injuries throughout the summer and, and last season. Um, so we never really got to see him in a whole lot of game action um, until, you know, he was kind of thrown into the fire after a, an injury to Brett, who um, was having an outstanding season. Um, but, yeah, so, so D'Aria stepped in, and, and man, he's uh, really, really been a, a spark plug for us. He's kind of hard to, to find. He's a smaller guy. And he can kind of hide behind the offensive line. And uh, when he sees a hole, he's able to hit it. And uh, he's done a great job. When you look at, at matchups with Northwood and the challenges they present, what really has uh, gotten your attention? Yeah, I mean, no, their offense is very good. They um, throw the ball a lot. They've got a senior quarterback um, that I think, I don't know the exact stats, but he's 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 up there in terms of passing yardage and, and all that type of stuff. Um, and then they have two excellent receivers, highly recruited guys. Uh, Nitro Tuggle, he's going to the University of Georgia, and then uh, JoJo Edmond, who is going to Michigan. Um, so when you have two of those types of guys um, in high school football, that's, that's obviously very dangerous. Um, so they, they do a good job of getting the, the ball to those guys. Um, you know, the other thing about Northwood is I think they've kind of prided themselves historically, which is a very tradition-rich football program, on, on being physical and being tough, um, and that hasn't changed. So they still have that uh, kind of culture ingrained into all of their guys, and now they have some, some tremendous playmakers on top of that. So um, it makes them very dangerous, obviously. When you look at that that complementary group, and, and I think that that's the big thing when you look at you guys have athletes, they have athletes, how do you match up in the trenches? Uh, what's your take on, on that in terms of, of how good you guys are and how you match up up front? Yeah, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, they're a little bit, maybe a little bit bigger than us, um, just in terms of size. Um, but, you know, it, it's... Uh, It'll be it'll be a physical battle, and and our conference has done a good job of preparing us for different types and styles of play, and um, so so we we'll, we're ready. Uh, our guys have faced a lot of physical teams. Um, they they faced some teams with some tremendous athletes on the outside. So um, you know it's not going to be easy by any means. Uh, it'll be a tremendous challenge, but um, you know we're going to have to win the battle at the line of scrimmage. And I know that's easier said than done, but uh, our guys will be up to the challenge. I know people from outside looking in say, okay, Tuggle and Edmund and Schott and Hurst, or this is going to be high flying up and down the field. Does it benefit you guys? Do you feel if this is more of a, a grinded out type game, is it a game where you approach it and you see how Warsaw had success against Northwood, for example, and how Bart Curtis plays is it maybe a situation where you want to limit their possessions a little bit? Yeah, I mean, and at the same time, you know, we have to do what we're good at. And um, the last few weeks, we've really kind of created a, a good rhythm on offense. And, and a lot of that entails kind of going fast and not huddling and uh, putting the defense kind of on the defensive. Um, and we're in kind of attack mode. So we don't want to lose that. 
uh, and, and, you know, get out of our rhythm and what has uh, benefited us. Uh, but you're exactly right. I mean, those guys, uh, the, the more – now they play both ways, but those guys, the, the more they're not – they don't have the ball in their hands, the better off we all are. So, um, you know, the other, the other aspect of, of having those guys on the field is the kicking game. You know, it, we have to be smart about how we kick off, how we punt. And um, they have an excellent kicker as well. So they, they usually um, – he usually kicks it in the end zone. So uh, field position will be important, no question. Hey Coach, I've been talking about it all night with Coach Tippman and, and Coach Lindsay. And when it comes down to all this, these different aspects of what these teams are and how the challenges they present, in the end it just kind of comes down to which team makes less mistakes, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and we have done a good job of that. And uh, – you know, uh, offensively, we, we have really – we kind of turned it over quite a bit early in the season. We weren't necessarily clicking. Um, we've just done a good job lately of taking care of the football and not, not creating anything easy. Um, you know, we, we've played pretty strong defense all year, and that's kind of been our, our mentality is like if, um, you know – teams are going to score on us. Let's make them go 80 yards and not give up big plays or not give them an easy turnover and then a short field. So um, that's definitely going to have to continue in, in a playoff type atmosphere. And, um, you know, obviously the weather is going to change a little bit. It'll be, it'll be cool, cooler than what it's been. Um, and, and maybe a little bit of wind. So all those things will factor in. I have to imagine, Coach, it wasn't an easy decision for you to leave Northrop because you put so much time and, and effort and, and sweat into that program. And But now that you're preparing for this game tomorrow, it just it, was this one of the main reasons why this just made sense for you to, to have an opportunity to lead a team this deep in the playoffs? Well, yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it wasn't easy. I mean, um, but but at the end of the day, you know, everything happens for a reason, and um, you know, we, we, I, I had been at Northrop for a long time and, you know, we, we, I felt like we had gotten better each and every year, uh, probably up, up through 2021. And, and, you know, you could just kind of feel that maybe it was time for a change on both ends. So, um, like I said, you know, it wasn't easy. Uh, and, and, and everything at the end of the day, happens for a reason and it works out if you if you work your butt off and um you know have your have your uh heart in the right place you know things will work out for you so it uh has been a, a blessing no question uh coming to leo and and this tournament run has been uh been been a highlight for sure all right coach one more to go one win to go before a trip to indianapolis is on the schedule so good luck tomorrow night it will be a seven o'clock kickoff at Leo. Thanks, buddy. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Coach Jason Dorfler of the Leo Lions joining us to wrap up the show this evening. And, man, you look at what teams have tomorrow night and Adams Central, and, and, and they have a clear, clear path. I mean, they're going to be – they're heavily favored heading into tomorrow with North Judson. But you look elsewhere with Bishop Lewers challenging – game against Lafayette Central Catholic. Leo has to deal with that athleticism of Northwood, but conversely, Northwood has to deal with the same thing with Leo. And then Snyder and Maryville. Who can book their ticket 
down to Lucas Oil. The record for the area, three teams, has happened multiple seasons, most recently in 2002. Could we get four for next Friday and Saturday down at Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll talk about it next Tuesday night. Special night for the High School Coaches Show next Tuesday with the Thanksgiving holiday coming up next week. So tune in that. Also tune in to tomorrow night. Podcasts by Federated Media.